Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Good morning, faithful listener. This is your host, Jen, with P40 Ministries podcast. We are in Matthew chapter 11 today. We are going to be finishing out this chapter. So let's just jump right in. Grab your cup of coffee and let's read Matthew 11 verses 20 through 30. So we'll be reading 10 verses today. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version of the Bible this morning. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. One of the interesting things I find about this passage of scripture is the fact that Jesus is talking almost completely in Matthew 11. He almost doesn't stop talking. There's only a few times when when Matthew, the author, is like, well, now Jesus is talking to this group of people, but now he's talking to this group of people. But for the most part, Jesus completely talks 100% of the time in Matthew chapter 11. So in verse 20, where we begin today, Jesus is denouncing the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed. And I find that statement really interesting. You know, we don't know how many miracles Jesus really performed. We only know about the ones that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John choose to talk about. But John even says himself that Jesus performed so many miracles that the books of that time, all the books in the entire world, wouldn't be able to contain how many miracles Jesus had actually performed. So there was a lot of miracles that Jesus performed. And in verse 20, it says that most of his miracles had been performed in some of these cities that Jesus begins to denounce. Jesus says, Woe to you, Chorazin. And I, I'm guessing that's how you you say that word. It might be Chorazin, but I'm going to guess that's not it. But <laughs> Jesus says, Woe to you, Chorazin. 
And when you look at the Greek word for woe in verse 21, it kind of means more of pity as well as danger. So Jesus is pitying these towns because they refuse to repent. So he says, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, those two towns would have repented a long, long time ago. Jesus says they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. Now, firstly, Tyre and Sidon were the homes of the Philistines. So these were the cities of the Philistines. And we're learning a little bit about the origins of the Philistines in Genesis. Actually, we just were talking about the king of the Philistines in Genesis, who was um, Abimelech. And the Philistines were a very old population of people. So they have been around since Genesis and up until the prophets. Because in the prophets, which are Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, those were the three big prophets, those three prophets prophesied that Jesus was going to destroy Tyre and Sidon, which is where the Philistines were pretty much from, those two big cities. So God at this point had already destroyed the Philistines because they were just too wicked. And if you listen to my podcast episode yesterday about the Genesis recap, we kind of talked about why God destroys civilizations of people once they become too corrupt and pretty much why he does that. So if you're interested in learning about that, definitely go and listen to the episode that I talked about yesterday and you can understand a little bit more about that. But coming back to Matthew, Jesus is saying that he's pitying these towns, Chorazin and Bethsaida, because Jesus had performed these miracles in these towns. And these were Jewish towns. These were towns that should have understood who the Messiah was, and they should have been seeing these miracles and been repenting of their sins, as John the Baptist had told them to do. But obviously, these towns are not doing that. They don't really care that Jesus is there. They don't recognize him as the Messiah. So Jesus is saying, I am pitying you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, because if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, which were two cities that were destroyed, and they were Philistine cities, so those were Gentile cities. Those two cities would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Now, sackcloth and ashes was a way for people in this culture, back in Jesus' day, to express how deeply sorrowful they were. They'd get rid of their fancy clothes or just not wear them, and they'd put on these Basically, potato sacks is what I imagine. They'd put on these disgusting, dirty potato sacks and cover themselves in ashes, so burned ashes, and would mourn in the city streets. And this was a way for these people to show how sorrowful they were and how repentant they were. And they'd also fast. Jesus says it's going to be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment, then for you. And that's really a shame. And then he also talks about Capernaum. He says, Capernaum, are you going to be lifted to the heavens? No, you're going to go down to Hades. 
for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. Now, we were talking about Sodom and Gomorrah a little bit in Genesis and how corrupt and terrible that city was, how much rape and depravity and just corruption and violence was going on in that city, which is why God had destroyed it. But Jesus is saying here that if he had gone to Sodom and performed the miracles that he is performing in Capernaum, Sodom would still be around to that day and age, to Jesus's day and age, because they would have seen those miracles as Gentile peoples. They would have seen those miracles and would have repented of their sins. They would have realized that Jesus was God, that he was the Messiah. But Capernaum is not doing this. So woe to Capernaum. And you know, a lot of people really like to talk about the Pharisees and how awful they were and how hypocritical they were in Jesus's day and age. But Jesus is not talking about the Pharisees here, is he? He's talking about the entire city of Capernaum. And I find that extremely interesting. It wasn't just the Pharisees that Jesus condemned, but it was whole cities sometimes. It was people who should have known better, but didn't care. And that is who Jesus is denouncing right here is this city of Capernaum who should know better because they should understand they have God's law. They have the prophets. They're able to read them and understand them, but they still don't care. He says it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than for you, Capernaum. Now, after this, Jesus talks a little bit to the Father. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So he makes this public prayer to the Father. And it was a really odd public prayer that he made. I'm sure people were probably like, what does he mean by this? Now, 1 Corinthians 3 talks a little bit more about this, and I'm going to read that out of the AMP version, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 through 22. Paul is saying, Let no one deceive himself, for if anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, discarding his worldly pretensions and acknowledging his lack of wisdom, so that he may become truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness, absurdity, and stupidity before God. For it is written in Scripture, He is the one who catches the wise and clever in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the humanly wise that they are useless. And actually, sorry, I'm going to just end right there on verse 20. I was reading ahead and realized that 21 to 23 don't really go with what I was talking about here. So I'm just going to end on verse 20. But what Paul is saying and what Jesus is saying in Matthew 11 is that worldly wisdom is nothing but foolishness. Now, when I say worldly wisdom, I don't mean children going to school and getting a higher education or anything like that. I am fully 100% for education, so please don't misunderstand what I am trying to say. What I mean by worldly wisdom is the wisdom that 
is filled with ideologies that basically sound like great, awesome wisdom, but in all honesty, it just leads us away from Christ. It's the kind of wisdom that is arrogant, that makes us believe that we are smarter than God. And you know, my husband is a very smart guy, and I know he's listening in today. Hi, Garrett. But um, one thing he told me that was kind of interesting is uh, he became too smart for God when he was in college. And it wasn't until he decided to really put his faith in God that he actually started understanding the Bible and understanding what everything really meant. And yes, my husband is a really smart guy. I mean, he pretty much does science for a living. And that is something way beyond me, something I just don't do at all. But he does that. And he is very learned and very book smart. But it wasn't until he got rid of the arrogance in what he believed he knew that he was finally able to understand the things of the Bible and really put his faith in God. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians that people who are very knowledgeable and very learned need to become fools to understand the gospel. And this is also what Jesus is saying here. The Father reveals himself to those that are like little children and not those who believe they understand it all, almost like the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees believed that they were super smart because they knew every single thing there was to know about the law and the prophets. They had a very legalistic sort of wisdom where they just believed that they knew everything there was to know about God, but they didn't. And, you know, I, I was the one who fell into that category. My husband fell into the knowledgeable scientific kind of category and I fell into the legalistic I know everything there possibly is to know about the Bible kind of category but you know Jesus doesn't reveal himself to those kind of people either it wasn't until I threw that legalism in the trash that I really started understanding what God really meant in the Bible and for those of you who don't know what legalism is legalism is basically very very strict adherence to a law or a formula so, for example, um, the church I grew up in when I was a kid believed that women were not allowed to wear pants. <laughs> it sounds silly saying it right now because it is silly, but it's that kind of a mindset where, you know, you're a sinner if you don't do this or this or this. But the actual fact is you're a sinner no matter what. And it's not until you come to that realization that you're a sinner and you need a savior who forgives and you can't get to heaven on your own no matter how many laws and rules and formulas you follow. It's not until you realize that, that God begins to reveal himself to you. And that was my issue. So this goes both ways. And Jesus is talking just as much to the Pharisees as he is to anybody else, because he's saying that, you know, even though the Pharisees understand so much about the law and the prophets, they really don't know anything because they don't understand that need for a savior. Friends, this is all about arrogance and the heart once again. You know, as soon as we begin to start shedding that arrogance in our own wisdom, that is when Jesus reveals himself to us. Now to conclude, Jesus talks in verse 28 through 30 that 
His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So he says to everybody that's in that crowd, come to me, everyone here who is burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So this is Jesus kind of reiterating that entire thing about worldly knowledge. You know, strict adherence to rules and formulas and your own wisdom is wearying. But Jesus gives life and he gives rest. So rather than trusting in yourself to get yourself into heaven, trust instead in God who gives you that understanding, that knowledge, that rest for your souls so that you don't have to do it on your own. You have a Savior who does it for you. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. Join me tomorrow for another episode out of Genesis. We will finally be in Genesis chapter 26, I think. <laughs> I don't ever know where I'm at in the Bible, and that is just absolutely terrible considering the fact that I am talking about it daily. So forgive me for that. But nonetheless, join me tomorrow, 6 a.m. Now, friends, I really don't have that much else to say, except that I want you guys to have a splendid New Year's Eve. Happy listening, and God bless. <laughs>